0: Hi, I'm Jessica, and you're listening to Cut to the Chase podcast.
1: Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues. Talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 129, entitled Is This Really Me? You know, that question can really strike home for a lot of us, particularly in today's current climatic condition, uh, current environment, current situation on the political front. I mean, just all the way around, it will leave you wondering, is this really me? Because if you are struggling, if you're trying to do things to get your life back on track, you find yourselves somewhat in an out of mind Out of body experience. And so I've got a quote that basically starts out like this Stay true to yourself because there are very few people who will always be true to you. And so today, our featured guest is a lifestyle design coach who teaches how achievers how to leverage their individuality to live life. They truly desire her decluttering methodology helps people lose weight, save time, save money, build a fulfilling or excuse me, build a fulfillment with their lives. She has also used decluttering to downsize from a luxury apartment to owning her own home, i.e. a 12 foot sprinter van, affectionately known as big pun. She has also transitioned from working as a sales executive, sales trainer, and becoming a full-time entrepreneur. Aside from her, excuse me, aside from her leaving her nine-to-five job, decluttering has helped her launch a luxury conference, as well as enabled her to, loo- to, to lose forty-five pounds. In her first year as an entrepreneur, she began. She began as being featured on Forbes, Becoming Minimalist, and AARP, to name a few of the publications that she was featured in. And now she is helping build a life overflowed with love. And in her free time, she enjoys playing the piano, reading books, and traveling, and eating Tex-Mex food. Hmm, is this really me? So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Miss Jessica Malone. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Doing well, doing well, doing well. We had a lot to talk about here uh, in this uh, <laughs> in this segment. Uh, certainly, you had a lot of change. You've had a lot of uh, adjustment in not only your lifestyle but also in what you do. Um, I think there's uh, just so many great. Gems of discussions that uh, a lot of our listenership would be able to gravitate towards, particularly in this moment of everyone's current situation and how they're currently living their lives today.
0: Sure. So if
1: you're so if you're ready, let's uh, let's cut to the chase. Let's do it. Alrighty, alrighty. So I guess the first question is is you know everybody knows the term decluttering. So how did you come about? Really focusing on the methodologies and the principles associated with really being kind of a decluttering coach, you know, helping people really achieve things that not only declutter their worldly possessions but declutter their life. How did you get into involved with that?
0: So it actually started as just a personal journey um, back in, I guess that was two thousand and. 17, I was in a place where I was just generally unhappy with the life that I was living. I wasn't happy with my work. I wasn't happy with my body. I just felt like, you know, there's got to be more to life than this. Um, I was in my mid twenties. So I felt like I was having some kind of midlife crisis thing or quarter life crisis. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, I was just looking for something that would bring me more fulfillment in my, just in my life in general. And I I thought about and looked into mindfulness practices and I tried yoga and I I read self-help books and I did all these things and I still wasn't getting to the root of my problem and why I was stuck. And then I stumbled upon, honestly, it was just coincidence. I stumbled upon minimalism and this book about a 21 day Minimalism challenge. And I decided to just try it because I figured I don't have anything else to lose at this point. And Mm -hmm. it changed everything for me. That book really opened my eyes and showed me all the things that I had filled my life with as a result of my unhappiness and also how to remove it and find the things that truly make me happy and make them a part of the life that I was living.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you went from what most of us would consider to be a normal life um, living in, you know, what, 1,500, maybe 1,000 square feet or 2,000 square foot apartment to now living in a 12-foot sprinter van, which you and your husband basically share the space. And so just out of curiosity, as you were going through this transition and convincing your husband, or should I say influencing your husband, how did he perceive making the transition from this lifestyle into your current lifestyle.
0: Sure. So it's interesting. So we're not yet married. We're actually engaged right now. So I Okay, convinced sorry. My, <laughs> no, it's fine. I think it's actually a really interesting piece of the story because I'm like, man, I hope this works out.
1: <laughs> because right. I convinced
0: right. him to do this. But um it was easier than I thought it was gonna be, honestly. We were already having discussions about leaving our jobs, what that would look like, and how we should do it. Um, and and to give everybody a good idea of the timeline, I started this decluttering journey in 2017, but I didn't actually leave my, my job until January of 2020. So there's a three-year gap between starting this journey and hopping into the van or buying the van. Um, but I think for the last maybe 12 months before we made the decision, we had been having conversations about leaving and what that would look like. And we watched this show on Netflix called How to Live Mortgage Free. I think it's still on Netflix today. And mm-hmm. it opened our eyes to just so many different types of, of um, living situations, you know, non-traditional living. And we thought we wanted to get an RV and so we went down that path. We actually signed paperwork for an RV, but because of our age and the fact that we hadn't owned a home, um, they didn't feel that we were trustworthy enough, you know, to, to make those payments on such a large, um on such a large vehicle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so that kind of burst our bubble a little bit. But we decided, you know, this was something we still wanted to pursue. And I really don't remember how it came to me. I, I wasn't a huge van life enthusiast or anything when this started. But I came to him one day and I said, What do you think about getting a van? I know the RV didn't work, but we've decided that that's a really good fit for our lifestyle. What do you think about a van? And mm-hmm. he said, Okay. <laughs> oh, and I said, Really? that's it. And he's like, yep, let's do it. And that's how the van plan began. I really didn't get any pushback, but I think it was because we'd already determined this is something we're doing. We just have to figure out how to make it work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's so many people at the turning point in their lives right now, particularly, you know, even before COVID hit, you know, the, the cost to have real estate is just, absolutely ridiculous, you know, with maintenance and insurances and taxes and everything else. Not to say that, you know, I'm for it or against it. It's just that you really have to think through, you know, once you commit to a mortgage for 15, 20, 25, Mm -hmm. 30 years, is that, you know, you're in it for the long haul. And of course, something always happens, right? You know, you go through the first three, four, five years and, Everything's all hunky-dory, and then all of a sudden, boom! You have COVID that hits, and then okay, now this three thousand dollar mortgage you can't Mm -hmm. afford to pay because you don't have a job, you don't have the means to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And then you, you know, you you you're shrugging your shoulders, and your family's going, "Well, what are you gonna do?" Mm
0: -hmm. And it
1: just becomes so overwhelming, you know. And and going back to the to the original question. Is this really me? You know, and and instead of saying, "Is it really me? Is it really happening to me?" Because there's a lot of people out there that are facing that very situation, and it's got to be the most scariest thing ever. You know, mm-hmm. my wife and I—we've looked at tiny homes, we've looked at container homes, we've looked at you know all these different aspects of of things, and you know, the one thing I keep going back to with regards to, you know, my explanation to our discussion and that we're having in our own household is that I don't want a fricking mortgage. I've already gone down that path. I know what that's like. And I, you know, I despise it to a point to where it almost seems like, you know, it creates a little bit of, uh, of resistance, you know, when, Mm -hmm. when one dream of living on the notion of, I want a white picket fence and, you know, I want to have a yard. I want to have this. I want to have that. But then, you know, all those things come with a a cost. It either comes with the cost of you basically sacrificing time for money or you yes. become a slave to a process or whatever that case may be. You know, there's something that allows you to realize if you've gone through it before and if it worked out great, if it didn't work out okay, you're you're, you're trying to figure out how to check back into life and, and move on. But you know, I guess my point here is is with so much uncertainty that is occurring in today's society, mm-hmm. stepping up to something like that is is it's freaking scary. You know, it really, really is scary. And I admire people that have gone from, you know, the norm to now Basing their life online, basing their life on wherever they want to live in the world, and still, still being able to live comfortably, you know, and still being able to have the fruits of their labor continue to flourish, but not necessarily have something that has really ground them to a structure or, or something that, you know, may just, in, in hindsight, you know, pull the life out of them for 25 or 30 years. What are your thoughts around that because you've already made that conversion? Are there any regrets with the fact that you have transitioned your life from what it was as people considered the norm to the way you're living today?
0: No, I don't have any regrets. There are certainly moments where I think I've I've removed myself so far from what my normal reality is that it's frightening you know like i said i wasn't a huge van life enthusiast this was a a means to an end i want to leave my job and i want to be able to afford to still live and maybe do some fun things now that i'm not working and i can manage my own time or now that i'm not working full time as a in a corporate space um and so there are days where yes i feel like this is harder than what i know or what i have known but I don't regret it um and I'm glad that we made this decision before we had gone through the motions of buying a house and taking on a 30-year mortgage I often talk with my fiance and he he says to me you know I'm so glad that the RV didn't work out <laughs> if we had gotten that RV it would not have cost us as much as buying a traditional home but we would have taken out a loan for or so, it would have taken Mm -hmm. us years to pay that off. And we would have had a monkey on our back after both of us left our jobs to start businesses that were still fairly new. So I I am actually really happy with the decision that we made because I think it was the right thing for where we were, Um, as scary as it was, as much as it was a deviation from what we know and what what our parents had taught us and what they expected of us. I'm just really glad that the RV didn't work out. I'm glad that we made the leap. Um, and I think it's taught us so much about adapting and finding what is right for us. Going back to you know the title of this episode, um, everybody's not meant to live in a van and I understand that. But mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people think that they should be living this traditional life when deep down they kind of know like this isn't really what i want you know this isn't really how i want my life to be it's just it just is it's just what the path that i have fallen into in a lot of cases and so i'm glad that we were brave enough to really put our wants and our desires at the forefront and say let's try something different because worst case i can always go buy a house but i may not always be able to take the leap and see if this van life thing or tiny house or container home or whatever's next for us is going to work out.
1: Right. Right. So, with the variation in your in your current life um I'm assuming that you guys travel quite often from place to place or, you know, do you do you find a location and you park the van and you guys kind of, you know, provide more of an adventure. And then, of course, while you are parked, you know, you you take on online work. Uh, How how does that work in your normal day to day?
0: Sure. So we decided very early on because this was uh, extremely new for us that we wanted to build our trip around friends and family. Mm -hmm. So we typically, my fiance is from Colorado. I'm from Texas. So we spend a lot of time in between those two States. Um, we Mm -hmm. haven't even completed our first full year. So we've mostly been in those two States. And then he also has family on the East coast. So we've done a little bit of time out there. Um, but it's, it's more or less slow travel. If Mm -hmm. I had to describe it, you know, let's go to Colorado. Let's be there for the summer, because I don't want to be in the snow, and he doesn't really want to be in the snow either. And um, then we can explore the state, um, but not feel rushed. You know, I, I see a lot of people online, as I've learned to learn more and, and gotten more engaged in the community, I see a lot of people living this lifestyle and there, they have this goal of, you know, every state in one year, or all the national parks. And did that just seemed like a lot? Mm -hmm. While trying to build a business, so um, building it around our friends and family and really spending months at a time in a place gives us that feeling of having some kind of foundation um, while also making us feel a little bit more secure. If anything should go wrong, if anything happens while we're out there, there's people nearby who love us that we can contact. Um, And also, it gives us a little bit of stability as we're working. Um, like I mentioned, I left my job in January of 2020. So that was just before news of the pandemic broke. Mm -hmm. And originally I had intended to come into people's homes and help them declutter. But when, when everything hit the fan, I had to figure out, well, what am I going to do? And again, I'm grateful that we did the van life thing because Now, I'm in a situation where I can truly work from anywhere, as long as I can figure out how to position this online and, and get comfortable with zoom and how to help people declutter in their homes in this virtual setting, I can essentially work from anywhere. So, um, you know, it gave us even more flexibility than we originally had envisioned. But that's kind of what our day looks like, you know, find a friend or family member park outside their, their homes, or maybe move from Home to home over over several months, like maybe his parents' house one week and then his best friend's house the next week, and so on and so forth. Um, and and that way we have a place to shower, use the restroom. Um, if we need to do anything that we couldn't do in our van, we have access to it. If our Wi Fi is is messing with us, we have friends who will let us use their Wi Fi. Um, and then we just work and balance, you know, enjoying the people that we care about with what we need to do to make money. In this life,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, it's certainly uh, uh, quite, quite an interesting uh, leap of faith that uh, more and more people are trending towards this type of lifestyle, and uh, you know, whether it's off the grid or or living minimalistic, you know, tiny home or or whatever the case may be, they're just finding out that having a lot of baggage. As uh, we go back to decluttering, it's not something that people truly believe that they should continue to hold on to uh, when it doesn't really fit, you know, their their persona or the way that they perceive that their life needs to go. Particularly if they're an adventurous, you know, if you like to mm-hmm. travel, you know, um, and 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 for us, you know, we like to travel before COVID occurred. We were doing a lot of traveling and. Even when we were doing all that traveling, we were we we're still contemplating like, okay, where do we buy? Where do we really want to live? Where's right. gonna be home base? But you know, in in hindsight, when you're when you're traveling and you're spending time, energy, hard earned money, and then you're just kind of bouncing around a lot, it makes it so difficult to mm-hmm. basically say, Well, what is home? And then at one point, you know, we had a vision of okay, why don't we have a place, you know, in country and a place out of country? Well, you know, that's two places now that you have to maintain. Right. And uh, in hindsight, you know, if you're at one place for six months or at another place for six months, depending upon whatever that schedule is going to be, someone's got to be kind of watching over, you know, those areas, you know, property areas for you while while you're basically on one side of the planet or the other. Right. So- you know it's 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 been all of those things that I've kind of gone back and forth and it's really it's really been a somewhat of a mental grinding process because you know ultimately for me you know we we've we've explored the fact of big house and it's like it's hard it's hard to swallow that pill it's mm-hmm. <laughs> just hard to swallow that pill it really really is. So, so let me ask you this with regards to, uh, you know, the decluttering methodology, let's dive into that a little bit. So originally you started your, your business and you were focused in on going in helping people kind of get their material life decluttered, you know? Yes. Do you really need this? Do you really need that? You've got so much, you know, I, it, it almost reminds me of really kind of going in not to classify everybody into this category, but kind of going in and helping, you know, what we consider to be people that uh are hoarders, uh right. really get their lives, you know, back on track and so right. they can move from one side of their house to the other. So when you focused in on on decluttering, were there other aspects? I mean, you know, there's different names out there. People call it organizational management, you know, some call it decluttering, some call it remodeling, revamp, so forth and so on. Was there a particular reason why you focused in on decluttering?
0: Yes. So I think that you're right. I think there's a lot of terms out there and they all tend to get lumped together. And what I love about decluttering or really the focus on clutter is that it allows us to identify what we're holding on to that is keeping us stuck or keeping us from the life we desire I think that organizing is a wonderful tool and having systems and knowing where to place things. That's very important in terms of managing your home. But often what I find is that a lot of people are kind of running through the step of decluttering on the way to organizing. We want to just kind of quickly get rid of a few things, mostly trash, right? We're not really looking to see if there's clutter that doesn't jump out at us. In our homes, we're just looking for trash, and then we're moving on to making it look pretty. And again, because this business sprouted from my own personal journey, what I learned was that in a lot of ways, we are just organizing our clutter. We're just organizing the things that we really don't want, that we really don't need, that really aren't helping us build the life we desire and making it look good. And that's true in our homes, but also in our lives. Um, and that's why I choose to focus so much on decluttering because I want to help people live pretty lives. You know, I, I think it's, it's a good thing to have a life that looks good and feels good. But mm-hmm. part of that process is actually being honest with yourself and saying, do I really need this? Is this really helping me build the life that I want? And I think organization becomes that much more impactful when we really give decluttering the time and the effort that it's due before we move on to that next step.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, So when someone approaches you and they say, "Jessica, I need your help," I mean, what are some of the initial steps or 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 processes that you go through to try and really make sure that this individual or this person understands what they've signed up for?
0: Yeah, so first and foremost, I try to connect with their why. Um, I like to think for my service, I'm not really looking for people who just want to spring clean, who just want to tidy up their home. I'm really looking for people who like me are in a place where they say, I've checked a lot of boxes in my life and something is missing. There is a void that I would like to eliminate or at least identify. And I'm tired of filling it with stuff. I'm tired of filling it with commitments. I'm tired of spending my money on things that don't really matter to me. And that is the, the very first thing that we have to identify. What is the reason that you want to do this? Why is this important to you right now? Um, because mm-hmm. without a strong why it does turn into more of a cleaning exercise and it, it's uncomfortable because then you start to feel like, well, Jessica came into my house and she took away all these things and I didn't want her to do that. you know. But when you have a strong why you, you can see, well, Jessica came in and She took these things because we identified together that this was not serving me. This was not helping me build the life that I want.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as you focus in on your why uh, with your customers or clients, is there a motivation that helps them? Is there any type of, I guess, is there a motivational strategy that helps them relate to the fact of these things are really not a necessity because when you think about you know a good example of it is is if something happens to you or should i say if something happens to someone that you know and you realize that you're in the same position
0: mm-hmm. that
1: they're in you know it it kind of gives you a shock or a jolt to your system to really ask yourself am i prepared and if the answer to your question is no i'm not prepared then you try and basically alleviate that and you find a way to you know not necessarily put your why out there but you 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 have something that really gets you out of bed every day that provides that motivational you know ingredient to be able to move you in the direction of being able to persevere and 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 go through the trials and tribulations to achieve you know that goal. So What types of motivational things that you kind of lay out in your strategy to really help them identify that these things are really not a necessity?
0: Um, So something that I often do with my clients is build what we call their clutter cycle and, and subsequently what a life with less clutter would look like. And that tends to be the motivation for them. When I work with people, we do work in their home. We always start with their home because it's tangible. It's easy for you to see the clutter and you can you can understand why letting it go is important and you can connect with that. Um, but we also identify their cluttered thoughts and their cluttered actions. Um, and so we we see this cycle, right? You have this stuff in your space. How did it get here? What's the cluttered action that you continually repeat? But why are you taking that action? Why? What is that action a result of? And that's where we, we connect to the cluttered thought. And that really provides the motivation because then they see, one, if I get rid of this stuff, I can start shifting my patterns. I can identify why I no longer want to repeat this action. And I can understand that by not repeating this action or replacing this action with something that's more beneficial, I can also shift my thought patterns. And that's what the life with less clutter sketch looks like. I say, okay, look, if let let's do this. Let's say we we declutter your living room and we build a space that really represents the life that you desire to lead. How do you think that's going to impact your actions? How do you think that's going to impact your thoughts? And when they see that, they recognize why it's so important, not just for them to let go of this stuff but to let go of all the things that came before the stuff ended up in their home and how mm-hmm. it's going to help them build the life that they want. So that mm-hmm. correlation usually um, is the thing that keeps them going because they say, I, I want to break out of this limiting belief. I want to break out of these habits that are not helping me. And if letting go of my stuff can help me do that, then I'll do that.
1: Right. Right. Well, certainly uh, very, um, wise words that you're sharing with your clients uh because you know it's a it's a transition just like you went through uh those transitions are are never hard you know a lot of times people gravitate towards the fact that they see the brass ring with someone else and they declare that hey their success can be my success but yet they're really not able or willing to go through the process or for that matter make the proper decisions to go through the process, and that makes it even harder when you are trying to work with someone that is, I would say, indecisive. You know, in in trying to reconcile what should go and what should come in, um, and 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 you can understand the the fallacy that if they're indecisive on materialistic things, that's probably the way that their thought process and mannerisms go as they begin to make choices and decisions in life.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. As I mentioned, you know, the, the cluttered thought is the thing that I think surprises most of my clients when they see themselves and some of their fears and their limiting beliefs, they start to realize this is why I'm feeling stuck in general in my life. You know, from my life, an example would be um, something that I often identified in my space was this feeling of not being enough. um, And also, because of that feeling like I didn't have the power to validate my own desires. And I saw that everywhere in my home, once I started really digging into my stuff. And when I Mm -hmm. looked out at my life, I saw the exact same pattern. And that's what I always tell my clients, the way you clutter one part of your life is the way you clutter every part of your life. So yes, Mm -hmm. we're in your house, and we're seeing this. But it's likely happening somewhere else. It might be happening in your relationships. It might be happening with your work. It might be happening in the way you spend your money. There's so many different facets of your life where this is happening. Um, and, and the cool thing and my favorite thing about decluttering is that again, because we're starting in your home, you can practice shifting that belief. You can practice letting go of what has been holding you back and, and filling that space with something that's more in alignment before you go and say, okay, I'm ready to quit my job before you look at your relationships and say, you know what, this friendship actually isn't serving me. Um, and that's why I think for me, there was such a long transition period. I started decluttering in 2017, but I wasn't prepared to make that leap until I had tested um these these new beliefs that I was building until I had decluttered my home two and three times over and gotten really confident with choosing what made sense for me and and what was going to help me build the life that I wanted.
1: Right. Right. Well, Jessica, this has been a, a great discussion, you know, particularly as it relates to someone that is sitting in their home or in their car or in the gym thinking about making a transition such as this, you know, going from the norm And really wanting to kind of live life more freely. Mm -hmm. And so as it relates to, you know, the question, is this really me? What would you say to those people that are rationalizing at this moment in time of trying to make that transition based on your experience, based on your knowledge, based on your struggles and adversities and challenges that you've overcome and your successes Uh, What would you say to those people?
0: I would say, don't look at the things that you are feeling indecisive about or, Mm -hmm. you know, going back and forth about and asking, but isn't this good? I think the better question is, is this good for me? Mm -hmm. You know, I walked away from a six figure job. It wasn't a bad job. It wasn't a bad company. You know, had great benefits. It it, it was w- the thing that you know we all want, right? It had great benefits, great pay, all this great stuff. Um, but it it wasn't really good for me. And I think when you ask that the question that way, it also relieves a lot of guilt mm-hmm. because there for a long time I questioned my desires because I felt like, am I ungrateful? Is it ungrateful of me to want to leave this job? Is it ungrateful of me to to be frustrated by the life I'm living? Because I, I've traveled the world. I live in an amazing apartment. I, I have the latest and greatest technology. I have this great job, right? And I felt like because I wanted something different than that, maybe I was just ungrateful. But when I switched that question from is this good or isn't this good? Shouldn't I want it to is this what's good for me? That really shifted my perspective. And made me feel like it's not that I'm ungrateful, but actually I'm, I'm more grateful for the life I've lived because it's shown me exactly what I want and what I no longer desire to continue.
1: Right. Right. We certainly thank you for, uh, for sharing that with us and our listeners. So if people want to get in contact with you regarding your, your coaching, um, abilities, as well as your learn more about your decluttering methodologies and strategies, how would they go about doing that?
0: Sure. So you can find me on Instagram, uh, if you're looking for me live and in the flesh at Nacho Average Fro, that's N-A-C-H-O Average Fro. And you can also check my website out to learn more about my programs at NachoAverageFro.com.
1: Okay. All right. Well, certainly thank you very much. We certainly appreciate you being on our program, sharing all of this great wisdom and insight. As I stated to you during our discovery call, definitely uh now I've got someone that I can reach out to and really, you know, dive into, you know, deep dive into some of these questions that you know, I've been wanting to explore more on my own with regards to switching to somewhat of a minimalistic type of lifestyle, you know, i.e. container home or, yeah. or, or something along those lines. But uh but yeah, I mean this is uh this has been wonderful. Uh perhaps uh, you know, post the COVID era, once you're getting back into people's houses and really, you know, cranking up the volume on uh helping people declutter their lives, it'd probably be good to get you back on the program. You know, we may be talking to the next, maybe talking to the next, uh, you know, what is that uh, Joanna Gaynor or something like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That would be amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's always good to, uh, to give people that, that uh, open invitation because uh, we've had folks from season one come back and uh, share their experiences and all the great things that they've been out there doing and as our brand continues to grow, you know, it's just a part of the way we want to really give back and uh be supportive to those that have been supportive to us. And so, as we wrap up again, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh to everyone out there, as I've always stated at the end of every podcast, you know, compassion and empathy should just be at the forefront of everyone's mind. You know, we should be treating people the way that we want to be treated. We've got to figure out a way not tomorrow, not next year, not three years or 10 years down the road, as to how to unify ourselves amongst ourselves and work together in a collaborative way to make this world a better place. And so without further ado, this has been episode 129 entitled, Is This Really Me? Thank you again, Jessica. Everyone take care. This is Gregory Proctor. Cut to the chase. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.